0: Binge Mode is brought to you by YouTube Music. YouTube Music is a new app that combines everything you expect from a streaming service with the magic. Hey, we know all about magic
1: here on this podcast of YouTube to bring everything to life. With YouTube Music Premium, you'll get ad-free music that plays with the screen off or while using other apps. Finally, get music whenever you want it, even if you're offline. Download the new YouTube Music app today and start a free 30-day trial. Then, just pay $9.99 per month. That's it? Wow. Terms
0: and restrictions apply. Warning. Binge mode contains adult
1: content. That's right. If you're not into an extended discussion about what Mollywobbles means and refers to, please take your ears elsewhere. Like... The press box with David Shoemaker and Brian Curtis.
0: One more warning: binge mode contains spoilers. If you don't yet know why we've been calling Ron Wanwan Wanwan, a lot of Wanwan talk coming today. Oh yeah! Please coming. proceed with
1: extreme caution. And now, binge mode. No blasted letters today, no sir. Not one single bloody letter. Not one.
0: Hello! Yeah! And welcome to Binge Mode Harry Potter! Woo! I'm Mallory Rubin, executive editor of TheRinger.com! What a great website. It's very, very good. (laughs) Joining me today, now that he's finished dunking on Vernon at the train station Uh while wearing his bowler hat, it's Ringer
1: Staff Writer, your headmaster, Jason Concepcion. Mal? Yeah? I expect what you're not aware of would fill several books. But luckily, we're here to talk about some actual books. It's time for Binge Mode Harry Potter, where we're exploring... Every nook, every cranny, every facet of the Harry Potter universe. Whether you're switching to Weasley's Wizard, Weezes, or staying loyal to Zonkos. Mm-hmm. Zonkos is for the old heads. <laughs> please subscribe to this podcast on Apple, Podcast, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, or as Arthur would call them, podcasts. And please rate and review us. Five points, five stars for binge mode. Also, get on the Twitter and Instagram at binge underscore mode aka the underscore and join our Facebook group which is just for binge mode fans and which is an excellent place excellent to submit questions for our next edition of ask the underscore
0: what would Arthur think of earbuds or airpods really any of it
1: podies he calls them are those your podies he would put them in his nostril oh wonderful yes (laughs) I don't want to think of where he'd
0: put them So far on Binge Mode Harry Potter, we've explored the first five books. Unbelievable. And what a movies, journey. Boy, and various other aspects of the Harry Potter universe. And on today's episode, we are once again answering your questions with a special HP themed edition of Ask the Underscore, our recurring Alpost series. Mm. If you don't hear your question today, fear not. We will absolutely be doing another one of these soon because you all sent us so, so many. So- questions. It's amazing. Really, more questions and more letters than uh, Vernon tried to block in stone. It was really something, and we want to get to as many of them as possible eventually. Requisite spoiler warning for today's binge, as always. While we're not focusing on a specific set of chapters today, we will be going deep, deep, on details from all seven books, and eight films, and the wider Potter canon. fucking the widest. (laughs) So wide. (laughs) Taking the entire series into account. From the moment Isaac shouts, enough effing owls, enough. Just how he says it, too. (laughs) So mind the droppings as you walk, because it's time to head to the Owlery. Question number one. Great one. Comes from Zach Pakleb. Zachary Pakleb. To pull off a rescue mission, like in Order of the Phoenix, who is your dream five-person squad out of Order 1.0 and 2.0, excluding Dumbledore? I'd rock with Harry, Sirius, James, Hermione, and Kingsley. Okay, couple things.
1: Ground rules. Ground
0: rules. Are the kids actually eligible? Yes. Harry and Hermione are on Zach's squad. They're not technically in the Order of the Phoenix. Right in order of the Phoenix for this rescue mission. It's fine. But we're going to say they're doing more work than most of the adults First of they're all, eligible. they're clearly,
1: they haven't been sworn in. They haven't got their bones. They haven't become made members. Right, they're not made. <laughs> but they're basically in the order mm-hmm. at this point. Yeah. I mean, come on. You know what I mean? Like, they're doing missions. They're in the headquarters. They're aware of certain tactical movements by the order. Yes, they're not briefed on the absolute most top level things, but they're essentially in the order at this point. And more to the point, it's kind of like the tail wagging the dog where they go. The order must go. Yes. Right. Usually because they've gone somewhere they're not supposed to need to be rescued. Putting that aside. (laughs) Where they go, the order goes. Right? So they're in the order at this point. The order must follow where they go.
0: I agree. Yes. I agree. We just needed to establish that to to fend off the question. Important. Important Okay, so we are considering the kids eligible. Next, note here: order 1.0 and 2.0. That is how the question is phrased. Now. I am choosing to interpret that thusly, and it's too late to change my mind. (laughs) I'm choosing to interpret this to mean that we can actually pick people from that time. So let's use Lupin as an example. Okay, Lupin was in both order one and order two. So for the spirit of this question, I am choosing to interpret it thusly. If I were to pick Lupin, I could say Lupin at the age like at which he was in Order 1 or the age at which he was in Order 2. You can make get, that choice. Right,
1: so you could say, hey, give me two-eyed Moody. Exactly. Right? That's exactly right. Moody's yeah. a great example. Okay,
0: next thing we just need to emphasize that excluding Dumbledore was in the question. We cannot pick Dumbledore. He
1: is not eligible. It is a cheat. Dumbledore shows up and literally Death Eaters are like, fuck, we got to get out of here.
0: Or he's, he's here. here. Let's go. Yes, that's the most likely outcome. You yeah. could go the other way. The other four members of the team are like, you going to tell us why we're here at any point? You're going to like let us in on what okay. any of us are doing no! here? <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, not oh. now. Later.
0: Okay. And then the final thing we want to emphasize is, again, specifically the question is about a rescue mission. Right. Like in Order of the Phoenix. So this isn't just like your ultimate five-person team for any mm-hmm. excursion or any mission or any task. It's specifically with a rescue in
1: mind. Okay. Who's your five-person team? Okay, number one, Kingsley. Incredible first pick. I just think Kingsley is kind of undefeated. The ball, the fact that he's been given the task of body manning the muggle prime minister, obviously an extremely sensitive job, shows you the respect he has, not just within the Order office, but as a member of the Order of the Phoenix. He just gets it done. So I'm going to go Kingsley, number one, as kind of your on-the-ground leader. Two, Tonks. Okay. I just think you need somebody who can disguise themselves without having to go through the whole hurly-burly of we're going to have to make the polyjuice, right? And she acquitted herself reasonably well during the battle, except for the fact that she didn't put down Bellatrix, leading to the fact that Sirius then got killed.
0: You can have I raise to- a
1: counterpoint about that Raise talks? a counterpoint. Who
0: I love. And support. However, let me tell you why I did not consider Tonks eligible for my team. she
1: literally trips over, like, everything around. That's exactly right.
0: And this (laughs) is a rescue mission where stealth is important. She can't even get through a hallway and grow a place where she knows there is a troll leg. I know. Without knocking over the troll leg.
1: How's she going to get into the Department of Mysteries without, like— tipping over the brains. I get it. I just kind of feel like between the lines, you know, she's like you. Like, when, (laughs) before, when it's like stuff's, before the red lights come on, it's like, oh my God, and this (laughs) and that, and it's knocking over drinks, and then all of a sudden, boom, that red light comes on, (laughs) and it's like kill time. (laughs) That's really nice. So I feel like, and honestly, like the fact that she can disguise herself in many different forms, without the polyjuice, I think is is really important. So I'm gonna I'm gonna have Tonks in there. I agree, the clumsiness is an issue, but it's mainly like in downtime. Yes, and she's highly skilled,
0: and she's highly skilled. People love her and want to fight with her. And they trust her. her. Yes. She's
1: trust. She's a glue guy. She's a glue guy.
0: <laughs> Harry, listen. A little impetuous. I have to say, of all the things you've said on the podcast that have shocked me, you picking Harry third
1: is number one. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's shocking. on your Harry stances. He's impetuous. <laughs> but at this point, you can't discount the record. Mm-hmm. Listen, tough look at the ministry, but... <laughs> Guy keeps winning. Which, I don't which, know why.
0: Which part? Getting catfished into going yes. there in the first place? Right, that was rough. Nearly walking through the veil because he heard the voices. Yeah, that was also tough. Almost leading all of his friends to their
1: death. Actually getting his godfather killed. Rough one. <laughs> um, I but love, I love Harry. But I love Harry. But something about him, his foes constantly discount his actual ability mm-hmm. and his ability in a true emergency to rally his supporters in a way that actually gets stuff done. Listen, he had a bunch of like teenagers holding their own against the Death Eaters. It's true. Holding their own. Incredible leadership. For a period of time. Oh, yeah. It looked bad at times, but yes, it, <laughs> it looked bad, but they held their own. They held their own. Let's have Harry in there. I think Harry, if you integrate him with a team, with Kingsley, with Tonks, and harness that fire that he has, I want him there. I just had a really
0: surreal experience listening to that specific rationale Mm -hmm. where you could have been describing two people, Harry Potter or Blake Bortles. (laughs) (laughs)
1: And it fits perfectly in either case. Harry is Bortles. (laughs) I love it. Number four, Hermione Granger. She's the brains. I don't care about her age. She sees the board in a way that many don't, and I just need the brains there. I need those brains. Number five, this is an out of the box pick. Okay, Severus Snape. Now, listen, he's a chemistry problem. (laughs) I think he's a locker room. I think he's a locker room (laughs) issue. Yeah, yeah. I think there are clear locker room issues with my guy Snape. A little bit of a coach killer. This is this is the old (laughs) clubhouse cancer. A little bit of a clubhouse cancer. That said. Was deep, deep, deep undercover with the Dark Lord himself right in the pocket with the Dark Lord for a long time. Sees the other side, sees the perspective of the other side in a way that many don't. And I think you need that guy if you're going into enemy territory for a rescue mission. You want to be able to say, Snape, what are they going to be thinking about when we come in there? What are their plans? How do they view a potential rescue mission. What have they done? What do you think that they've done? What countermeasures do they have? And also you need a guy who's willing to be like, listen, I'm going to have to cast something that might make an arm fall off. (laughs) Is anybody here willing to sever a wand hand? No? Okay, I'm going to. And I don't particularly care what you guys think because that's what needs to happen. Just keep your ears out of the way. Just keep your ears out. Like, does Bellatrix need to lose her hand? Yeah. (laughs) Maybe. Again, I understand that he is a chemistry issue, but I think in a pinch, you're going to need him there. And so I'm going to pick Snape. Here's what I'll say about the Snape pick. Sure. The chemistry concern is very real. It's very real. I think you're
0: saving grace on your team Mm -hmm. is that the Marauders are not on your team. Yeah, that's the You couldn't make
1: it work if you had picked any of them. Safe would have been eliminated immediately. That's the issue. I mean, part of the reason that I didn't pick Sirius, who I love dearly, Mm -hmm. is, listen, he went on a rescue mission. (laughs) I like a guy who doesn't get killed on a rescue mission. (laughs) (laughs) Love him dearly. I love him so much. Boy, I do worry about how
0: Snape and Harry would work together. And here's yeah. the only other point I'll raise. And again, I like your team. It's a strong squad.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to risk blowing Snape's cover by sending him on a rescue mission. Oh, interesting. I hadn't thought about this yeah. wrinkle of it. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of thinking about this as outside of right. the canon, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I get it. But it's a wide canon. Can you it's go outside? It's extremely wide <laughs> canon. I'll say this. I'm putting Snape on the team because this is like Dumbledore needs rescuing. You know what I mean? Like, we kind of got to blow it at this point. My you know? take is if Dumbledore needs rescuing, I'm hiding in the cave. Right, we've got to <laughs> do never something. never coming out. This is like, a, I'm having Snape on this team because it's extremely serious. Okay.
0: My squad. Yeah.
1: I struggled with this immensely. Yeah.
0: I'm changing picks right now as as I'm <laughs> talking. I, I, I watched you do it. I still don't know who's getting the final spot, but I know my number one pick. Like it. Serious Black Mm. from the Order One, young, hot, serious, young, hot, serious Black, hot trot, (laughs) pre chest tats. Maybe he has them. We don't know. No one knows. Part of what I look forward to one day discovering in our Marauder spinoff. Yeah. Here's the thing. I don't think people actually spend enough time talking about the unrivaled, prodigious, magical, skill, ability, and intellect of the Marauders. They made the Marauders map. They figured out how to become anime guy. Yeah. There are, what, seven registered anime guy? Seven? Now, granted, we don't know how many unregistered there are in the world because just in the course of what we've discovered in the books, we've got three Marauders plus Rita. So maybe it's something that people do.
1: But you did the restricted section. It is an incredible task to become an enemy.
0: You know how long a leaf was in this guy's mouth? (laughs)
1: Long ass time. (laughs) That shows focus, determination, commitment. And honestly, that is like just one part of what is an extremely arduous task. Just the leaf part is very, very difficult.
0: So the thing is, one... Focus, commitment, determination. Yes. That's what you need on any mission. Two, why did they do it? Friendship.
1: Yeah, that's wonderful.
0: Loyalty. Again, the actual skill required yeah. to become an anime guy, to make the map, all the other things that they did. Just a prodigious talent.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And the actual utility of the disguise now. Yeah. I mean, and back in the day when he was young and fresh.
1: Young and fresh. When
0: Askaban hadn't melted the flesh away <laughs> from his face. Very tough times.
1: Tough times for my guy. Here's the thing. Spoiling the rest of my squad when a little bit. he was getting bit. laid all oh, the time. On the reg. <laughs> on the reg. Just like slaying.
0: <sighs> gonna spoil the rest of my squad a little bit here, but one of my rationales is can't have a single other Marauder on here because they're a distraction for each other. As we've talked about before, Sirius and James want to show off it's for too, each other. It's too much. Too risky. Because I considered a strategy built around the Marauders. I was considering taking Sirius, James, Lupin, and then bringing in Lily, obviously, would not have Wormtail anywhere near my squad. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, they'd just be just like trying to show off, boasting, a lot of puffery, peacocking. Can't can can have
1: it. Now, this is a mild spoiler of your pick, but you have Harry also on there.
0: I do. Can Here's you, the thing. This is part of why I'm going
1: Serious Order 1. Right, because the idea is he's not no going to show off for no Harry. attachment <laughs> yet. I love it. It's like... <laughs>
0: he's in his prime and he's not like interested in Harry now they're almost peers that's the risk is that they instantly just become best friends because Harry literally is just James 2.0 and he's just like oh James isn't on the team but his doppelganger is this is great I like to think that this would be much like Sirius and James at school where they pushed each other to innovate I like it it's a little bit of a risk there are always some chemistry
1: issues here there's always going to be chemistry issues
0: number two love this pick Minerva Magali and McGonagall. Huge pick. <laughs> order she, 1 or oh,
1: Order 2? Well, during the time of Order 1.0, because she wasn't part of it back then, but it almost doesn't matter. It almost matter. doesn't matter. It doesn't It almost ma- doesn't matter. <laughs> Take her in any fucking era you want. I know, and right? she is
0: elite. And I should say, she is my team captain. I like it a lot. We know that she is the mo- maybe the most ride or die character in the books, will do anything Anything for Dumbledore will do anything for Harry, will do anything for anyone on her squad. She will lay down her life if she has to. The way that she charges out to Hagrid's hut. Four stunners in the chest. She didn't think about what was going to happen to her. She She only thought about protecting people who deserved and needed to be protected. Also, again, Animagus and a cat. You know, Sirius and McGonagall here, a cat and a dog? Like, this isn't like a stag suddenly wandering into the Ministry of Magic absent detection. A dog and a cat, they can really go out and scout for you. They can get work done for you absent detection. She's going to be able to scout. She's going to be able to take a a piece of paper from someone's nightstand. You know, Crookshanks style. I would put Crookshanks on my squad if I could. I mean, honestly,
1: Crookshanks is...
0: (laughs) Can communicate with other animals, can gather intel. This is so handy. And Transfiguration, similar to your point about Tonks earlier and needing various forms of disguises, she's going to be able to transfigure other members of my squad, Human Transfiguration, help them blend in. Just, again, extremely skilled, extremely bright. And listen, we know from the Quidditch leanings, can bend a roll or two if she has to. Willing to do what's necessary to get the job done. I like it a lot. (laughs) Number three. This is my order spot, and I struggled here between two choices: Kingsley Shacklebolt, the bolt that's from Order Two, obviously, or
1: Moody from Order One, Two Eye Moody, <laughs> as we call him.
0: But I don't want my squad to be too heavy on Order One, specifically because listen, let's be real, and real talk hurts sometimes. It does. If Order One had done a better job, cre- we wouldn't have needed Order agree. Two. Right? So Why I don't are we want here? To invest too heavily.
1: Why are we in here? Order One. That's what I'm saying. Why are we here cleaning up Order One's mess? So I'm going to go with Kingsley also. That's right.
0: Again, a great chemistry guy. People love him, want to be around him. He knows how to smuggle you reading material. What if you have to stake out the site for a long time? He's going to be able to smuggle you an article on Stubby. You know who doesn't fuck up? Kingsley Shacklebolt. Again, let's just consider, to your earlier point, what the prime minister, the muggle prime minister said. I'm not getting rid of Kingsley. Like, oh, I you're not getting rid of Kingsley. If that's what you're suggesting, yeah. he's highly efficient. I mean, we need efficiency sometimes. This is just right. This is an easy pick. Number 4, my guy Harry Potter. Yeah.
1: Make your case now as All I right. made mine. A little reckless. Sometimes you need to be a little reckless. I agree.
0: Sometimes you need to be a little reckless. I don't want a squad that's too cautious. I don't want a squad mm. that's afraid to make the bold decision. I I want courage. Yes. I want that Gryffindor spirit. And
1: there's a lot of of Gryffindor spirit on this.
0: There is a lot of. This is an extremely Gryffindor heavy list. Here's the other thing about Harry. He mentioned the luck, which is huge. He knows how to make a tough choice. Does he always make the right choice? No. But he follows his instincts and he wants to do, he truly wants to do whatever is necessary to save people and a rescue mission in particular you need that spirit that conviction and he has it and here's the other thing you know what Harry has a thing for rescuing people (laughs) a saving people thing which in this case would be handy and you know what else he has a lot of damn useful magical objects
1: yeah he's got a lot Harry has he's got a lot of stuff not just
0: an invisibility cloak But the Invisibility Cloak, which, by the way, is a fucking deathly hallow. I'll take that on my team. Yeah, he has the Marauder's Map. So if the rescue mission has anything to do with Hogwarts or the grounds, he's basically instantly a success. I just, I don't know. I like what I see from my guy
1: here. I'd love to, uh, a great fanfic would be Harry finding out that he's not on the rescue mission team. (laughs)
0: fabulous that would be amazing also if voldemort is going to come into play at any point on the I other mean, side that's
1: a w we'll just say. notch that w exactly. right now
0: it's an automatic win for my squad and i want the core wand auto advantage w. on my side i want auto
1: w i'm like voldemort listen very skilled obviously one of the most skilled wizards of all time literally beefing with a child and cannot beat him <laughs> 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 my guy has been beefing with a child for years Very, very tough look for the Dark Lord. (laughs) Tough look for our good friend, Tom. (laughs) Last thing I'll say is we talk a lot
0: about Harry's luck and about how his courage guides him. And those things are true. But we underrate his skill. We we do do. underrate his skill. And that's the other thing, leadership. What he did with Dumbledore's army, getting other people on his team to believe not only in him, but in themselves.
1: Huge. Again, he had a pack of teens hold their own against hardcore Death Eaters for a good portion of that battle. My fifth pick, and this yeah. was hard. I consider picking Ginny, and I just,
0: if Isaac Lee will let me put him on blast for a moment here, I want to share with our listeners how Isaac talked me out of Ginny. From a Google Doc comment, distraction
1: for Harry, he just want to fuck. <laughs> it is a distraction for Harry. He I mean, it's a distraction for Ginny as well, to yes. be fair. yes.
0: The thing about Ginny, the reason I considered her is, again, just an elite talent. And she's this handy in a duel. She really knows how to throw hexes around. Yeah. Formidable. I also considered Hermione. And it pains me not to pick Hermione. The brain. The brain. I just, I need, uh, man, I'm struggling here. I feel like I'm betraying Hermione by not picking her. Let me just say this, and it hurts me to say this out loud. Uh-oh. I feel like I'm going to regret saying this. Not a great showing from Hermione at the Department of Mysteries. It wasn't. This is a it wasn't. shock take. It's pulling me back from picking her. Spent most of the prep Listen, time that would have been useful for scouting. She tried
1: to talk Harry out of going in the first place. Which was the right move. Yes,
0: it was. But if we need to be focused on the mission, well, we need to be all, focused on the mission. She
1: got hit with a bizarre spell that nobody yeah. even knows what it is. Yeah, and you
0: know what she did after that?
1: <laughs> <laughs> God, this is unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs>
0: What a take! I love Hermione. One of my all-time favorite characters, not only in the story, but in all of literature. I just... Listen, she'd be the first to say that Defense <laughs> Against the Dark Arts has never been her best subject. Now, not that that's the only subject you need for a rescue mission. You need transfiguration. You need yeah. charms. You probably need potions. Maybe you need Muggle studies. You definitely need ancient is, runes. You know what? No. Now I'm talking myself back into it because <laughs> her, her work on the in the Horcrux hunt was her. exceptional. Yes. I mean she was more useful than
1: anyone. Now I hope people will stop with like <sighs> Jason loves Rita Skeeter slander. Now that Mallory has besmirched Hermione Granger, like oh, I like a rescuer who doesn't get hit with a weird purple spell through the chest. Well, that's
0: exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I guess the flip side is she knew to try to pull Harry away from the veil. I'm just kind of talking I mean, through a line. I, here. I love
1: the I love that <laughs> Harry literally almost walked to his death through the veil. What's this? Check this thing out.
0: <laughs> What's your main reason for including Hermione? Brains, right? She's but just the you, brains. Do you need that if you have all these other thinkers yes. on the team? I think you, I like, think you do. Like, is she actually going to be on a team with McGonagall,
1: Kingsley, Sirius? Is she really going to be the one strategizing? Yeah, I think That's- she's she's an out-of-the-box thinker, and she's extremely learned. Her natural conservatism, I think, plays well within my particular group. Offsets Harry's impetuousness. Listen, she's right 98% of the time. So as long as you're giving her credence, as long as you're actually listening to the things she, she has to say, I think she can shape policy for my rescue team.
0: Okay. I'm choosing between Hermione or Alice Longbottom order one. Obviously. Obviously you wanna order ta- one.
1: Alice. You want to talk about you want to <laughs> talk about a, an aura who let her a guard down. <laughs> I mean <laughs> Like, if the, if the if the logic is Hermione didn't do great in the battle, Alice Longbottom let her foot up the gas. <laughs> Very <laughs> tough look for my Longbottoms, who like were like, well, Dark Lord's gone. Let's just relax. But
0: this is a mission. And in missions, sure. Alice was undefeated. That's the thing. Frank and Alice, why could the prophecy have applied to Neville? Currently in St. Mungo's. <laughs> You will not be Alice Longbottom's <laughs> legacy on this podcast. Just a, that's
1: just a fact. I'm not listen. Yeah, prophecy could have
0: applied to Neville not only because he was born in late July, but because of the parents who had thrice defied him. Right. Part that's right. Frank and Alice Longbottom, shouts to them, thrice defied Voldemort.
1: Thrice, right? right. Now it's not twice, thrice, and they weren't out hiding. No, hiding in some out of the way house. They were out there on the front lines doing it. Also, listen, Alice, working mother. Working mother. Tough. Honestly inspiring. It's very tough. Both parents. Incredible stuff. This is really great to have the family support from Grammy Longbottom mm-hmm. out there doing it. I don't mean to besmirch Alice Longbottom, who is currently in St. Mungo's. Let her foot off the gas a little bit.
0: Oh, my God. I don't know if I should pick Alice or Hermione for my last spot. I've it's, got Serious Order 1, McGonagall, Kingsley, Harry.
1: Both are good picks. I mean, Alice, you get an extremely fierce score. You just you get a—, a, a Would very, Alice and Kingsley have a power struggle, though? I don't know. That's one of those unknowable questions. We don't know the chemistry issues, Kingsley. I'll say Kingsley seems to get along with everyone, and Alice, you know, the thing they say about the long bottoms, extremely popular. Yes. People like them. Very well liked. Yeah.
0: All right, at the last moment, at the last <laughs> moment here, I'm going to pick Hermione.
1: You can't go wrong.
0: Because I think we need someone on the squad who really understands Harry's weaknesses. Yes. And Harry and is willing to say, hey, flaws yeah. and potential pitfalls. And does he always listen to Hermione? No. Should he always listen to her? Yes. Certainly. But we need a group within the group. Yeah. And Harry and Hermione will be able I like to that. A group within sidebar. The group. Yeah. Maybe if they need to branch off, you know, do all five people stick together? Certainly not. not. And
1: I like that little pod. I don't want Harry to just be floating on his own. And I'll say this, which is the reason I picked him. I think after the events at the ministry, Harry's listening to Hermione with a fresh ear now. It's true. But he won't have a fresh ear because Snape is on your team. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that was fun. That was fun. Number two from Joe Grebel. Adult content warning, who's got the biggest BDE big dick energy Incredible question. among our characters?
0: Man, there's so many. For the listeners, just in case anyone has not been exposed
1: to the internet in the last few months, quick refresher on what big dick energy is. Big dick energy is a kind of existential swagger. It's not necessarily about the dick itself. It's more of the metaphorical dick. Are you <laughs> swinging that thing? Are you confident in what you have? And that's why my pick is Minerva McGallion McGonagall. Also my pick. <laughs> who just has like the biggest of the big dick energy. Yeah. Out here gambling, out here throwing spells around when needed. An absolute expert at transfiguration. And when she sees something that she doesn't like, mm-hmm. she will wade full bore into it and say, hey, I don't like what I'm seeing here. Four stunners to the chest. We said that. Just the fact that she survived that yes. at her age shows you, man, some very, very vibrant and potent BDE just coming off Minerva Magallion.
0: Here's big dick energy in one line. Potter, I will assist you to become an or if it is the last thing I do if I have to coach you nightly. I will make sure you achieve yes. the required results. And that was, of course, too, a ministry official. Just right. No
1: fear. Zero fear. What has she ever been afraid of? Nothing. Nothing.
0: Who else? Since we both picked Megallion, who else is a good contender? Actually, let me post this to you as a question. Sure.
1: Does Dumbledore have big dick energy? Yeah. He's a little aware of it, too. That's the thing. Is it too much? (laughs) Does he almost have too much? He has a little too much. He is aware of the fact that he has big dick energy, and he's worked very hard over the course of his life to kind of tamp down to keep the dick from popping up. (laughs) But if you give him the opportunity, he's got that BDE out there. He'll just say shit like, "Yeah, like fucking, I'll kill everyone in this room." What are you talking about? Yeah, I mean,
0: he flexes. I'll destroy so everyone hard. in this room. What? Are you kidding me? His escape from his own office in Order of the Phoenix is yeah BDE at its peak. He does have those moments of real vulnerability. He does, which I think are the product again of being aware that maybe his BDE can
1: lead him astray. It, ma- it manifests a little too strongly at times. Does Voldemort have BDE? No. I Voldemort has, has TD. Has, tiny dick energy. I agree. Like my guy is overcompensating in a big <laughs> way for stuff. Bella, where are you at? Let's talk about this. Great nomination from Isaac. Yeah. Bill Weasley. Yeah, no, Bill Weasley is fucking... Maybe the biggest BDE. <laughs> Bill Weasley is titanic. Dick energy. <laughs> it's fucking Bill Weezy out here with like fucking dragon leather boots and v- wild earrings, just making velas just fall out. <laughs> I got a quiet nominee for you here. You ready? Yeah, Luna Lovegood. Uh, yeah, Luna. It's something else with Luna. Luna is like transcends. <laughs> Energy. She's just so unapologetically unafraid to be who she is. Yeah. She's not. Which I think even is like part
0: that. of BDE. It's like, this is who I am, and I'm just yeah. putting it all out there. Yeah. Who else? Okay. So here's a more like meta mm-hmm. macro question Do all wizards, no. by definition, having magical powers, does that give you BDE?
1: Not always. I agree. Just wanted to have this discussion. Listen, Arthur is a wizard. Does he have BDE? No. (laughs) Certainly not. (gasps) Though I think he'd love to explore memes. (laughs) Yeah, Molly is another person I love, does not necessarily have BDE, but we might say that wizards and witches are overrepresented in the scale of BDE by population.
0: I think one of, again, the brilliant things about the story, and we talk about this a lot, it's one of our recurring themes, is Mm. that magic does not make these people different from us, in terms of the normal vulnerabilities of humanity, right? And so, like Nev, yeah, he is a wizard, but he is still so insecure, and watching him overcome that insecurity and find his courage is one of the most astonishing things in the books. I feel like you he just finds- thought of something, oh, who's just, just gonna to say you?
1: that uh, you know who's got that pipe is friends, oh my God, the self is fucking <laughs> wild, big dick energy. The like self, like dangerous. You know that big dick energy is showing bright red tonight. Oh my god! <laughs> I definitely think James and Sirius have BDE. Yeah, little too sure. much. Dangerous amounts. Dangerous, of BDE. especially when together. Yes, it's too much. Lupin does not have it. No, Lupin is Which is, I think, again, tired. part of Lupin's charm. Lu- 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 <laughs> Lupin has, like, exhausted dick energy. <laughs> <laughs> what about Bellatrix? Oh, my God. A little frightening, Bellatrix's energy is a little much for me. Right. It's the most. Yeah. Kingsley definitely has it.
0: For Very, sure. a quiet
1: confidence of Kingsley's shackle, sure. shackle dick. What about the Malfoys? I'm going to say no, because if you are a minion— Mm-hmm. By definition, you cannot have big dick energy. If you're a lackey, which clearly they are, they're lackeys. Lackeys can't have big dick energy. Interesting. You okay. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, because you, you just, at the end of the day, you're not signing the checks. It's true. On your own agency. It's a great point. The big boss says do something, you kind of got to do it. It's a great point. So it's really about having that entrepreneurial spirit. I agree. Lily, Fred, Lily and, George, Fred and George. Oh, Fred and George have it. <laughs> and just, it's ample, just that, in abundance. That big dick energy is bleeding and puking and exploding <laughs> and engorging and causing swamps. They're storing it in their boils. St- that's how much of it they have. <laughs> yeah.
0: Do any of the core trio have it?
1: Harry grows into it. Hermione grows into it earlier. Mm-hmm. You know, they say, and it is true, that girls mature at a faster rate. And I think that's very true of Hermione mm-hmm. Granger, who is. I think part of the weakness of the trio is that they didn't recognize that Hermione had the BDE as early as she did. Correct,
0: yeah. Um,
1: And Ron, I'm not sure, ever gets there. Ron never gets there. Ron never gets there. He's working for his brother. You know what I mean? Listen, listen. He's a partner. (laughs) Is he?
0: Pursuing a family business. Wonderful. I think it's
1: inspiring. What about Ginny? Ginny has it. Yeah, Ginny. Ginny finds it. Ginny Ginny, Ginny finds it. Ginny finds it. Did Ginny siphon some of it from Tom Riddle? I think that experience helped her find her own BDE. By the time we get to Half-Blood, she's not willing to take guff from anyone. Mm -hmm. She'll tell everyone what she thinks about a certain subject. And that's everyone. Everyone. You must listen to Ginny Weasley by BookSense.
0: I love Ginny. Okay. Number three. Jenny Lou Browning asks... Which character would you like to have seen introduced earlier in the series? Yes, Example hands down Luna for me. This yes. is a great
1: question. I think the answer for both of us is Luna. Yes. Here's the issue. When Luna shows up, at least for me, my first reaction is why have we not right. heard of her? She's yes. such a character. Yeah. Why have people not been speaking of her? She's perfect. She's perfect. Here's my only
0: counterpoint, because I wish Luna had been there from page one. Yeah. My only counterpoint is that I think in terms of what she unlocks for Harry, and really for the group at large, it is perfect timing. Like, they're almost not emotionally mature enough to process what she's bringing any earlier than when she is introduced to the group. Obviously, the Thestrals are a manifestation of that. So in a way, it's perfect timing. In every other respect, I wish we had more time with her.
1: Luna, to me, is the difference between high school and college, right? Mm-hmm. In high school, if you're a weirdo, it's bad. Bad, bad, bad. Ostracize, you're a nerd, blah, blah, blah. You go to college, now all of a sudden, everyone's letting their weirdness bloom in ways that that feel great. That's just a part of the natural evolution of a person, and Luna comes along right at that perfect time—that time when the kids are aging into, they're starting to look past school mm-hmm. to what comes next—and that's why Luna showing up at that time is perfect. How many bongs would Luna have in her dorm room? Luna would have all she'd have a volcano. <laughs> she'd have like this is a dragon's breath. They make only make five of these, handmade in Tokyo by a master bong maker. You have to smoke it upside down while hanging by one leg off of a trapeze. (laughs) Beware of the nargles. Beware of the nargles. You will see the nargles inside of this. I wish we got more lupin'.
0: So again, like here's the thing. I'm not actually going to quibble with any choice J.K.R. makes because the master plan is flawless. And everything about Azkaban and when we're introduced to the Marauders and how Sirius and Lupin and Pettigrew and certain aspects of James really clarify for Harry all at the same time, that's like a perfect harmony that obviously wouldn't want to fuck with. I just... At the end of the series, one of the things, like every time I complete a reread, one of the things I find myself thinking is, I just wish I had more time with Lupin. I just wish I had more That's time straight. with him. And so maybe that time could have come later, or maybe it could have come sooner, but he's a person who comes to mind. I also wish that we had gotten to meet Bill Weasley earlier. I just Billy love boy. Bill, and it's midway through the series that we meet him, and then we don't Bill. get enough time
1: with him. Bill! <laughs> Any other oh, picks? you do not know about the wedding? <laughs> Bill and Fleur just Fucking at that house. That's part Constantly. of the reason. This is a little bit of little preview of Half Blood Prince. Why do the Weasleys, the Weasley women especially, are like God? Get the hair out of here. Too much fucking at the house. Too much fucking at the burrow. Yeah. It's like God. The ghoul sounds can't mask it all. It just can't mask it all. Just like again, someone's like, can you? Somebody turn up the ghoul. <laughs>
0: Anyone else who you wish um, you had gotten? No, those earlier. are the way. I,
1: I think that I agree with you. Luna, for me is the one that yeah. I agree that she comes along at a perfect time, but it's kind of like, why has nobody been talking about her? Yeah. And now a quick break for a word from our sponsor. Today's binge mode is brought to you by Miller Light. Look! Here at The Ringer we have our disagreements. But there shouldn't be any debate about this. Miller Light is the Greatest tasting light beer, with only
0: 96 calories oh! and 3.2 grams carbs. Wow, that's fewer calories and half
1: the carbs of Bud Light. So there's really nothing more to talk about. That's right. If you have a real argument, let us hear it. Till then, stick with Miller Lite. Miller Lite, hold true. And now back to binge mode. Number four, Chris Star. Mm-hmm. If you could be a professor at Hogwarts, what? would slash could you teach other than defensive dark arts? Because even Voldemort got that job. (laughs) Hashtag no safer place. Why don't you go first? So there are certain things I have to eliminate just based on an
0: honest assessment of my own abilities, right? So like I'm tempted to say I'd love to do potions because I just think it would be so cool to master that skill. But Mm. like, listen, real talk, like chemistry was not my strongest Same here. That's the issue. Similarly, like, when Hermione is talking about how useful arithmancy is and things mm. like that, it's like, oh, this would be a real, you would just feel like a a genius yeah. if this were your domain. But, like, again, like, real talk, math, not my favorite. Yeah, you same, know? same. I want the version of, like, literature. Mm. Do you ever think about the fact that there's no class where they just read?
1: There's not <laughs> a lot of reading. It's not a very literate group, the wizards. <gasps>
0: Here's one I debate. Care of magical creatures.
1: Because... It's too much. It's too much. On the one hand, animal lover. Love them too, but it's like, come on. It's just too... There's some of them are really gross. Well, there's that, but it's
0: more like, I don't think I could cope with losing them. Yeah. And seeing them hurt. Like, one of the things that Hagrid has to do is care for them when they're injured. Yeah, I much. always used to think about this when I was a kid, about being a vet and how, like, it would mean so much to me to work with animals and help heal them and keep them healthy and safe, but how it would just crush me every day to see them in pain. So I have to eliminate that, even though it is appealing to me and and just in terms of the discipline. Can I tell you what I want you to pick? Yeah, tell me. I want you to pick History of Magic because I I want you to make History
1: of Magic interesting for students and engaging. I would love History of Magic. That said, I want to learn History of Magic. The thing I would love to teach, what I would love to do is kind of transfiguration. (laughs) Herbology would be great, too. Transfiguration, to me, is like— That's what I was going to Because to me, that's like, what is magic to me? When I think about what magic is, it's waving a wand and making something turn into something else. Yes.
0: For that same reason, to me, the, really the two picks are Transfiguration or yeah. Charms. Agree. Because I 100% actually think agree. quietly Charms is like maybe the most important <laughs> extremely stuff like that doesn't useful. get credit right. for being I, that
1: important. I, I think when you really look at it, more useful than Transfiguration? Yeah, like for
0: example, the Patronus. Now, obviously, Harry learns this from a Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher. He teaches it in a defense group, also part of the Defense Against the Dark Arts world, but... Listen, technically, Mm -hmm. that's a charm.
1: Huge, hugely useful. Transfiguration is just kind of like, hey, watch this teacup run around the room. The stuff that Harry uses, it would be really fascinating to do a tally here. I
0: bet you that the stuff he learns in charms is what he uses more than anything else. Although. Summoning charm?
1: Although, Dumbledore v. Voldemort at the Ministry Turning the statues into his warriors. Extremely handy. That is like advanced, 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 advanced level Transfiguration stuff. That is so cool. It's incredible. Transfiguration is the coolest. Yeah. I wonder if Charms is is, useful. Charms is 100% more useful. Number five from Liz
0: Dell. If you could meet anyone in the Harry Potter universe alive or dead, who would it be?
1: Man, there's too many. I'm going to go with the founders. Is that too many? I mean, with the founders of Hogwarts, I just think it would be really interesting to meet them, talk to them about their differences in philosophy, maybe kind of update them on what's been going on in the world <laughs> since they've been gone and, uh, you know, what their, their strife has really lingered. It's really, really affected the course <laughs> of wizarding history and just talk to them about what they think about that. That's a great pick. Would you meet with them individually or together? I think I'd meet with them Man, how to how to do it. Something like <laughs> some kind of like a Tish roundtable where we have all the founders together tonight for the first time in, in a thousand years. The founders of Hogwarts. And I think like having them all together would be great. Really getting into the debate, get them to debate. I, I guess I wouldn't want Slytherin to feel ganged up on, mm-hmm. which I guess could possibly be an issue. You could let them have a basilisk there for company. <laughs> right. <laughs> he might appear via remote link, like remote fireplace link from his chamber of secrets. That's a great one. That's yeah. really good. What would you do?
0: I considered the founders, but mm-hmm. to provide some alternatives, I would love to have a chat with Nicholas Flamel, or oh, wow. as the yeah. new Fantastic Beast trailer has led us to believe his name is pronounced, Nicola. <laughs> <laughs> I. First of all, just would love to have Nicky a conversation Flamel. with someone who's seen that much, man. Yeah, he's he's been around lot. for that many years. He's seen a lot. Century upon century. And we literally can't overstate the magnitude of his breakthrough, of his yeah. achievement in making the Sorcerer Stone. And just learning that process, hopefully learning it well enough that I could then replicate it.
1: Right. I think that's. <laughs> and and I, find riches and eternal here's, life. Here's my counterpoint. And I love this pick. Just as a devil's advocate, Nikki has been around. He's been around the block approximately 600 times. <laughs> My guy's been around the block. He is, by this point, used to people coming around. Being like, how'd you do and it? And being like, how'd you do it? How'd you do it? How'd you do it? Hey, <laughs> Nick, yeah, you want to get coffee invoice. sometime. And then all of a sudden, like, so, uh, the Sorcerer's Stone. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> how'd
0: you do it? <laughs> it's true. Here's another pick I considered, and I didn't say it at first because it almost seems too obvious, but I'm not ashamed. I'm not embarrassed. I like it. I would love a chat with Albus Dumbledore. Sue me. Yeah, it'd be great. Sue me.
1: He's a fascinating man.
0: Fascinating man. Fascinating and a brilliant, character. fascinating man yeah. with emotional depth. Emotional Someone depth. Someone who has a lot of regrets, but also a lot of signature achievements. Right.
1: Rotten hand. What's Era
0: on? or non-Rotten <laughs> I want him at the end. I want him. When he can th- account for it all. I mean, listen, like real talk. I want him in the Jude Law phase. But hello, we can't all get what we want. This is a maybe a shocking pick. Okay, I'd love
1: a chat with Newt Scamander. Newt is a fascinating guy. Really, fascinating. really He's seen interesting. He's He's seen, the seen the world. Seen the
0: world. Also, I want to ask him why he, why he showed up on the Marauder's
1: map in Prisoner of Azkaban. Yeah, that's very, very interesting. What's going interesting. on with that, Newt? I got to say, though, Newt, not a great explainer of himself in speech, but a, <laughs> obviously a very good writer. And yeah. we all know writers, like, not a great conversationalist, uh-huh. but a good writer. I'm not saying he'd be good on the podcast,
0: you know? But— for a casual side chat at the bakery, I I yeah. I, I wouldn't mind picking his brain. Who else? <sighs>
1: what about our girl Eloise I Love her. <laughs> What's it been like, <laughs> Ellie? I you know what I'd like to um I'd like to talk to Grindelwald. Me too. That was gonna be my next one. I think in the same fashion, I'd like to talk to Voldemort, like pre-Voldemort. I'd love to talk to Tom Riddle and just be like, is there anything in there that's good? If you get there early enough. Like you want to visit him at the orphanage. You want to visit him at Hogwarts. Although it's pretty clear. It will be pretty clear from Half-Blood Prince that there was always a really ominous streak lurking within him. An evil streak. Truly evil. That said, hey, if we get there early enough, is there any hint of good in there? So that would be interesting to me. I'm surprised you haven't picked the MILF. Oh, man. It's almost too much. It's kind of like, what's the use? Arthur has been in there, has had that locked up. <laughs> Arthur has had that manacle on her wrist for years now, and it's like, come on, like, why torture yourself?
0: All right. Anyone I'm, else?
1: Snape is a, another one I'd Snape. love to talk to.
0: You. Maybe not the most pleasant chat.
1: Definitely not. It go would be his,
0: a fascinating conversation.
1: Where would you do it? Would you go to his really shitty home?
0: I would do it. At the spot of Lily's death in Godric's Hollow. Oh, wow. To make him as emotionally
1: honest as possible. I'd want to talk to Bellatrix also. Like, what's it like getting that stick from the Dark Lord? (laughs) Incredible. What's the Dark Lord like as a stickman? (laughs) (laughs) Uh. You got another one. How about the Peverell brothers? That's great. Let's, that is honestly Let's great talk one. about the Hallows. Yeah, that's a great one. Finding out about that quest, what it meant to them. If they do anything differently, you know? Yeah. Knowing what they know now, I think the answer should be yes, but I'd love to know. I'd also be like, cut me off a little sliver of that cloak. Can let's I get a little bit? Make, yeah, can we just cut it in half? That would be a great one. Okay. Number six, Cassie Cagle asks, what are your favorite things about... Juan Juan, Ron Weasley. Just would love some more Ron positivity. He's obviously a great, great friend. And this is like bottom line. The number one thing about Ron is he's a great friend. Yes, When he rides for you, he's riding for you. Now, there have been strains at times. Mm-hmm. Certain things have come between he and his friends. Jealousies, petty jealousies. It's things that happen to everyone. Yeah. But he always comes home. Always. Here's what I'll say. I think that Ron is maybe suffering
0: from what I will call the reverse Sansa effect. Mm. Which is, when we binged Game of Thrones in extremely concentrated fashion, Sansa was our biggest riser. Somebody who, while we were always extremely fond of and loved the character, you know, you have your questions. You have your qualms. And then you're like, wow, Sansa is incredible. I have so much more of a connection to this person and support for this person that I feel in really like overt, irrepressible fashion. And I think Ron is suffering a little bit from the reverse, which is when you're reading the books for the binge, the blunders, just by the definition of the pace of the read, they're grouped. It's harder to ignore. And so we note them on the pod. And I think it's giving, for me at least, maybe a false impression of how I feel about Ron. Because Ron is sincerely one of my favorite characters. Like I think Same. we'll probably do a character power ranking at some point at the end of the pod and there's a time when I would have said Ron was my favorite character. That's not the case anymore, but he's certainly top 10 for me. Maybe top 5. You should see the face Isaac is making right now. Isaac's he's, not He's a Ron up fan. there with
1: me. I think he, listen, we make fun of Ron a lot simply because he's not as accomplished as his two friends. That said, you need him there. Mm-hmm. He's an extremely important force Binding Harry and Hermione together in very interesting ways. And also, like listen, Hermione is a smart lass. Yeah. She sees something in him. Yeah. I mean, he landed Hermione. Huge. He, huge.
0: Huge. Huge. I love Ron. We love Ron. Again. If we've given the impression that we don't love Ron, that is a shame. Part of the point of this is critically assessing. That doesn't mean it doesn't come from a place of love, though. Ron- his loyalty, his friendship. I mean, those are no small things nearly in Nearly unwavering. World. When they waver, it's in very human, relatable fashion. And as Jason said, short-lived. Here's the other thing. I think Ron is actually more capable than people give him credit for. Like, he did ultimately make it into the Aura program. Uh, 100%. He performs
1: surprisingly well in his owls. His issues, if anything, are... His own lack of confidence in himself. And I think you can make a case. We've talked about this
0: a bit before. He is, in some ways, of the core trio, the truest Gryffindor. You know, Hermione has the Gryffindor-Ravenclaw hybrid. Harry has, obviously, as the sorting hat would be the first to tell you. A little bit of that Tommy R. Slytherin inside of him. Ron, the chessboard scene in Sorcerer's Stone is not an accident. There's something there about Ron's chivalry and the way that his courage manifests it's very very different from Harry's but there's something about it where he is also willing to sacrifice himself for that's his right. friends he is also willing to face danger the fact that like he is always there by Harry's side when yeah. it's not actually his quest
1: that's so important huge. and it's underrated and also there's something about a person who understands exactly how they fit into a scheme yes i think ron that chess moment is a great lens to consider what Ron has really kind of like sacrificed in his friendship with Harry and Hermione, but he's done so willingly in a way of understanding, listen, here are two people that are shining in a certain way and I'm going to kind of, he certainly does not think about it in this way, but he takes a step back a little bit. Yeah,
0: you think it's to allow fucking them easy to do being th- friends with the chosen one? It's not Best easy. Friends?
1: To be friends, no. one, with like someone who is maybe the smartest student in school and then two with the chosen one who's just like a naturally gifted Yes person who's the finger of fate has been on him since the moment he was born? Yeah. Very tough.
0: I mean, think of what Ron saw in the Mirror of Erised, right? Himself, right. A, the best of all, finally. To be able to balance that very sincere desire mm-hmm. and also his very sincere desire to support the people in his life is really notable. Here's the other thing that I love about Ron. Ron's fucking funny.
1: He's a funny guy. And- Gets why it from did, the family, the, f- the funny family. Why
0: did Harry give the twins the money for the joke shop? Because we're all going to be able to laugh. A, they
1: had a business laughter. plan, also.
0: Well, yeah, they had a business plan. They're entrepreneurs, you yeah. know. But laughter is important, especially yes. in a story this dark. And Ron is hysterical. Now, he can be a huge dick.
1: He, he says some really, really bad things is, in Goblet. Yeah, but-
0: quite, quite hurtful sometimes. But as he matures, he sort of kind of sometimes becomes better with that. Yeah. And listen, he
1: knows how to toss out a zinger. <laughs> He's got some good zingers.
0: He's a funny guy. I Enjoy like- reading him. He's an entertaining character to read. He really is. He's a wonderful wonderful young man. Shouts to Juan Wan. Yeah. Number seven. Oh, this is great. Chanel Burke asks... In a Black Mirror-esque HP show, which magical spell or potion would create the most interesting good magic gone dark twist? Unforgivables are already dark and Polyjuice
1: seems too obvious. There's so many possibilities, but I'm going to go with talking about transfiguration. Mm -hmm. What happens when you turn that teacup into a little four-legged animal that's running around, you know? Exploring that through a black mirror type lens would be fascinating. Like here's this little teacup that all of a sudden thinks it's an animal. Like is perceiving the world as a sentient cup with little porcelain legs that's running around. It's just been born into the world. Is it morally right to turn it back into a teacup at that point? Like exploring those kind of things, making animals out of nothing and then turning them back. What does this mean? Or taking an animal that's actually an animal. And turning it into nothing. What is this? What What happens to that animal's soul? What does this mean? Can we explore this? Like, we know that wizards and witches take the concept of the soul very seriously. In fact, take it to be actually true. Mm -hmm. What does it mean when they're creating life from inanimate objects and turning animals into inanimate objects? Do they think about that at all? I'd I'd love to know the answer to that. It's especially fascinating to think about how animals manifest as not only
0: companions, but mm-hmm. shields. You know, think about a Patronus, how the form of this force of good, your happiest memory, the thing that can protect you, is an animal. Yeah. And then, like, what about the, just the rat? It's just a tail now? Yeah. Where's the rest of it? Yeah. I'm going to go with any magic or magical object that is in any way connected to surveillance. So Portraits is a great one. Portraits, the Marauder's Map, Mm. the Invisibility Cloak. I would have said Polyjuice because there's the question of identity and like when you get to make that choice, basically, and what kind of intrusion that is. But I think because that is not eligible based on the terms of the question— some of the reasons I would have given for being concerned about that also apply to this other stuff. And we've talked about this before. It's similar with like memory charms. Mm -hmm. You know, just because a good guy, quote unquote, good guy is modifying someone's memory. That makes it right. Like poor Mr. Roberts. Very, Long before the Death Eaters tortured that family, ministry officials were modifying his memory 10 times a day. willy-nilly. Just like bing, 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 bing. Right. So I'm now moving away from the surveillance thing, but it's all kind of about some sort of cloak, whether right. it's cloaking what someone else knows about you or cloaking yourself so that you can find out something else. When is that really your call to make? Yeah. And, like, one of the things we talked about, one of my favorite conversations that we've had, actually, was the mind control conversation when we talked about Jessica Jones yeah. and Kilgrave and whether it is ever an okay thing to do. And, like, when you think about the Imperious curse in Harry Potter and how that is an unforgivable curse— And then you think about modifying someone's memory. Mm -hmm. How different are those really? Like, it's notable that in Dumbledore's escape from his office, until he says, until he specifically says that it was quick of Kingsley to modify Miss Edgecombe's memory, shouts to Marietta, the snitch, it reads like maybe she had been in Right. Like, they're not that different. Okay, so memory modification I'm definitely putting out there. Though I guess the problem with whether that's eligible for the question is, would anyone really consider that, quote, good magic in the first place? Which is why I landed on the cloak and the map. Because I think those are things that we hold up as tools for good. The Order is using an invisibility cloak. Harry is regularly using his cloak. Dumbledore gave him the cloak with the message, use it well. Now, of course, if something carries the message, use it well by very... Definition. It means mm-hmm. you could use it poorly, right? Mm-hmm. It means there could be a nefarious means to which the cloak was put. And I just think about the map, and it's like, I mean, look, we see it in Cursed Child. Yeah. When Harry asks McGonagall to use the map to spy on yeah. his son. And what is Harry doing when he's using the map? I mean, we see what happens when the map falls into Bardi's hands, yeah. right? It is a tool for spying on your foe, period. And just because we're on Harry's team— and we side with him, and we think it's the map is point. cool. Like, I think I picked the map on the prior ASEAN Underscore uh, discuss- as one of my favorite magical objects. I love it, but it carries this risk. It could, easily, it could
1: easily tell us in the other camp. A discussion of the morality of any object within the Harry Potter world, almost any object, I think would be really fascinating to hear two characters. To hear Hermione and Harry argue about the efficacy of using the map mm-hmm. in specific cases would be something that I would be fascinated by. Hearing Harry and Ginny as adults argue about using the map to spy on their children would right. be incredible.
0: Yeah. I mean like extendable ears. Yeah. Like anything where you are gaining access yeah. to information anything that Fred you're not Baker. supposed to have. Right. Yeah. Right? Like the extendable ears play for a laugh, but they are literally tools to intrude upon a private conversation. Also delicious as Kirk
1: would tell you. Number eight. Dylan Redding asks, J.K.R. invited you to pen one additional deleted chapter to take place in between the final chapter of Deathly Hallows and the epilogue where our heroes have grown up, what would it be what would happen? Man, this is, so oh, you go first. I mean, this is so hard because, look, it's a cop-out, but I want every page of
0: it. Like, yeah. I want to know everything that happens in their lives. I guess I've always been really genuinely curious, even though Harry's stated ambition throughout, career advice on is to become an Auror, I would like to see the moment where he really decides to devote his life to that. Yeah. Like, once you've beaten Voldemort, what do you do from there? How yeah. do you grapple with that? Like, I'd li- I would like—I really would like to see
1: Harry process the next phase of his life. I'd be fascinated to see that. I, I would love some kind of a reconstruction chapter. Like, okay, have we learned any lessons from Wizarding War Two? That we can then apply in order to change wizarding culture to make sure that this never happens again. Right. I just read the other minister chapter, and something about how muggle wizard relations have changed because of the Second Wizarding War would be really, really fun to read. Like is or we do understand that the prime minister now is just like okay with being a victim to the whims of these extremely powerful beings. Right. And just like every once in a while, they show up and tell you what's happening and then they leave. That status quo is fine. You know, how many people died on that bridge that the Death Eaters took down? Hundreds? We don't actually know. Something about how the ministry is trying to reform itself and reform relationships with the Muggles would be something I would love to read. And how does that play into what Kingsley does going forward and what Hermione does going forward as minister?
0: Here's another one. Yeah. I would actually genuinely love, love Ron and Hermione's wedding.
1: <laughs> um, that would be incredible. <laughs>
0: the comedy of it would be unrivaled. Ba, 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 dun, 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 dun. Also, because the question is, which one would we want to write, not mm. read? So, like, there's some of this information I only trust JK to deliver. Yeah. But I think we could have a hell of a lot of fun with Ron and Hermione's wedding night. That would be
1: incredible. <laughs> have a lot of fun. Like the argument, the, some kind of argument around Fleur being there <laughs> would be great. Yeah, when Ron takes
0: a wrong turn down the aisle because he's distracted by Fleur. Distracted
1: by Fleur. Like Hermione being like, can we sit them farther back away from the aisle? It's like, how could I, what? No, we can't do that. Also, what? like
0: the instructions that she's giving Ron in bed on their wedding night are just...
1: Ron just needing a marauder's map to find them. <laughs>
0: She unfurls <laughs> a 12-inch parchment right. step-by-step instructions. Step-by-step.
1: Lumos, he's reading it under the sheets. Gives him a remember uh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Number nine, Jack Christensen says, listening to hashtag binge mode HP and rereading Goblet of Fire and Order of the Phoenix, what muggle invention would be most beneficial to Man. the wizarding world? it seems like Harry could have used Google's help throughout the tourney, and text messaging seems like it could have helped in order. Okay, so one thing we want to say just as we answer this is let's remember. Time frame. Time frame. Harry's seven years, 1991 to 1998. So we're only going to really talk about tech that was around then, to honor the spirit of the question.
1: Yeah. I think the obvious is some kind of cell phone device Mm -hmm. because communication was so fraught at different points during this story. That said... We also have to acknowledge that that stuff doesn't work in Hogwarts. Right. And you would have to imagine in other wizarding homes, that stuff would not work either. Like, it'd be great to have a cell phone. At the same time, like, would it even receive messages? Well, I mean, that's, of course, the brilliance
0: of that strategy on her yeah. part. It's just like you eliminate this as a consideration by just saying, oh, work. this stuff goes haywire here. There's too yeah. much magic in the air. Yeah. If there were some way around that.
1: Hmm.
0: I mean, the answer has to be a computer or a cell phone. Right. Some kind of internet connected Yeah, literally just think about this from a time perspective. Yeah. How much time do they spend in the library just looking for books and then looking in the books for answers? Just Google that shit. Right. Or I guess back in the day, like Yahoo might have been the the search engine that was in vogue. (laughs) Ask Jeeves that shit. (laughs) Ask Jeeves. (laughs) Akio, ask Jeeves. Just the amount of time that they
1: could save being like Nicholas Flamel. Right. Just type that into a search browser. Okay, so. oh, yes, yeah, a wonderful invention. Have you tried the Yahoo? <laughs> also, obviously,
0: not only would a computer or a cell phone help them with research, but anything that would allow them to communicate. The
1: communication is huge because there's so many times they're like, uh, uh, "What? Who?" I? Right. Like, do you have to sneak into Umbridge's fire and to try just to contact? It seems so like such a hustle and bustle to create the mirrors. It's so, like, work-intensive. Like it's a lot. Man, it's a lot. Just it's get lot. the cell phone. Get a family plan. Even back in that day, like, just pagers. Just a pager would Honestly. be incredible. Just oh, like, hold on a second.
0: It's McGonagall.
1: If Sirius hits you back, you know he's alive. Like, that's, that's good enough. That's really all you need. Honestly. <laughs> Number 10. Danny Fersh asks, You're surrounded by Dementors. You need to produce a full. If you can only produce from memories of your favorite sports team— What do you choose? Man, this is easy for me. This is like Linsanity. Mm -hmm. I would just think about Linsanity and what a wonderful time that was. I would think about Jeremy Lin versus the Lakers or hitting the last second shot against the Raptors on the road. And my full would come charging out.
0: (laughs) That's beautiful. I would pick the, I've talked about this on the podcast before, I would pick the 2012 American League wild card game. Of course you would. Where the Baltimore Orioles prevailed over you Darvish and the Texas Rangers. It was the first time that the Orioles got back to the playoffs mm-hmm. during my real really like my like true years as an avid sports fan. And the Orioles are my favorite team. And, you know, that win honestly meant more to me than the Ravens' two Super Bowls. Wow! Or Maryland and Syracuse winning basketball titles. I mean, Syracuse won the title before I even went to school there, so I wasn't a Cuse fan at the time. But Maryland's title. That Juan Dixon team is one of the most important teams in my life, so that's a contender. But something about that Orioles win, and particularly Mm. because you Darvish was so formidable at the time, it just was a David and Goliath thing. I had suffered through... A decade and a half of sub-500 finishes, losing seasons, irrelevance, where mediocrity itself seemed like an unachievable goal. Mm. And then to get back to the playoffs and not only to get there, but to win. It just meant so much to me. It really made me believe. That was my anything is possible in sports moment. And so that is what I would think of. Shouts to you, Joe Saunders, (laughs) for being a part of my fall. Very quickly here, a bonus. Love a bonus. From Pablo Marinas. Do you know JK's other work as a writer of detective stories? Have you read them? Have you watched the television adaptations? What do you think of either? Keep up the great work. So, the reason that we wanted to include this as a bonus is because Lethal White, the fourth novel mm-hmm. in the Strike series, comes out tomorrow, Tuesday, September 18th. And the answer is yes. I have read all three of the previous Robert Galbraith novels, that's the pseudonym under which she writes these stories, and they are fucking fabulous. I love them. And I cannot wait to read the new book. I'm regretting that I didn't reread the first three to get ready to freshen up, but I think I'll just dive right in Give us a, so
1: excited. Give us a pitch to the people who, who include myself who have not read the Robert Galbraith books, pitch them on these works of literature by the great J.K.R.
0: I think it's just really worth exploring her other writing and it gives you mm. such an appreciation for how she builds and maintains suspense. Yeah. She is just a master of that. And also how quickly she can make you care about a character. And this That's, is particularly notable in these books because it's not, you know, when you're when you're introduced to Harry, it's like, how could you, unless you're a fucking okay, monster, right. how could you not care this about This vulnerable Harry? child yes. you,
1: gets you right in the right. heart immediately. You're
0: introduced to Cormoran Strike and he's this curmudgeonly P.I. She describes his hair, routinely describes his hair as pube-like, which is like not necessarily something that's going to instantly endear you to somebody, but he's been through so much. He's been through war He's been through a horrible breakup, and he's wounded in so many different respects. Mm. And he's just out there trying to solve these cases. And then Robin enters his life, and she's there. It's a temp job. It's such an unlikely duo and such an unlikely team. And there is, of course, as a result of that, the will they or won't they, propulsive force. But, like, I had never really, really gotten into mystery novels before because sometimes I get a little bit scared. I, well, I when I was younger, no, I used yeah. to. And these were some gateway books for me for mysteries. It's just like, this is just, I'm so compelled by the way that she's able to draw out the suspense and truly set up in each book so far, multiple different outcomes that you would have believed. I, they're just really good. So I'm excited for the new one. I have not yet watched the television adaptation. It's all on my DVR. I'm very much looking forward to it. And I will probably do that after reading Lethal White. So check them out if you haven't. All right, friends. Our yes. job is to deliver this episode safely to headquarters. And if we die in the attempt, Isaac Lee and Zach Cram, our indispensable producer and researcher, will finish it for us. Yes. We hope that you had as much fun as we did today, that you're as excited as we are for the rest of this journey, and that you'll join us again on Monday, September 24th, when we will be oh. starting our two-week Half-Blood oh. Prince deep dive. Until then, remember. I also can't wait. We used to use actual aisles for these episodes. But the mess was unbelievable. This is disgusting. Droppings all over the mics.
1: Mm-hmm. Hold on, I got a call. Mm-hmm. Hello? Roar! Jaga! Grop? Jaka, Mala! Yeah. Why no Grop mention? What are you talking about? Big dick. Whoa! Why did I not mention the big dick? It's energy. It's not the actual the phallus itself. Which kudos to you. You know you're not the biggest of them, but as far as I'm concerned, it's truly it's big.